Hi to hell, universe. Um, it is, what time is it? That's a big question. Uh, sorry about that little cry fest. Uh, 8.22. And, uh, no, I'm not sorry. I, you know, there I am, apologizing for tears that were just natural and 100% uh, cleanly um, welcomed in my life. I, I, I love my dog. My dog's a great dog. And, I mean, I love you too because you're listening to this. So if that's not reason to love you, I can't imagine what would be taking the time to wander through the crevices of my mind with me. But when I when I think about you know, if if the whole heaven and hell shit's even remotely on target and there's some sort of uh, you know, family reunion in the great sky of the Lord. Is it is it bad to say that the first two I'm gonna want to see are Max and Phoebe? I mean, yeah, my parents and obviously my sister and Jim and I'd even say Nicole. But you know, the people that matter in your life matter as much as anything. I'm not trying to pretend that dogs can become your entire social outlet. But, if you're like me, and you have very few friends, if any, and you have, um, yeah, you know, you have this period of time where you thought you might be the Antichrist, and so you hold yourself up from society and decided to make sure that you weren't, in fact, going to ascend into some position to destroy the world. Well, while that's obviously hyperbolic, um... It means that in this last, I don't know, six to ten year run, Phoebe is my best friend. So not only will I lose the best dog I ever had when she goes, or lose, not only will I be separated from her at that point, but I'll lose my best friend. And, I mean, this, this happened suddenly when Max went, Max got lymphoma like Phoebe, but he didn't make it past four. I don't know what it is with my dogs getting lymphoma. Right, Phoebe? Yeah. What, do we live over an x-ray factory? I mean, what is this? But, um, uh, Max, okay, Phoebe may be the greatest dog ever. But Phoebe is one thing that most dogs are not. And that is unathletic. <laughs> I mean, as a matter of fact, she's too old now. She would just look uh, tired and worn. But as a one and a half, two-year-old dog, Phoebe was clumsy. Like, couldn't catch a ball to save her life. Honestly, would miss it more than she'd catch it by a lot. Like, she might catch it two out of ten times. But she would miss it the other eight. And she would miss it. In ways that you're like, Jesus, Phoebe, <laughs> you you are proving that dogs are not born athletic. Because I play ball better than you, and she's not even really interested in. It. I mean, we play octopus because um, it's the only squeaky toy she's ever owned. She's owned it now over a year, 
that she can't get the squeaker out of. So who I don't even, I, as a matter of fact, I kept the packaging of that octopus for a while. It's probably still somewhere in this house because I was so impressed with that toy. Phoebe destroys every squeaky toy I give her within an hour, maybe 20 minutes, two hours at the most. I can think of one toy that lasted two hours, one out of 50. Um, the rest of them were gone in minutes. The octopus has been in the yard for a year and four months. Well, whatever Christmas is, a year and two months. And she just, I mean, she'll go out in the yard with it. She'll put it under her chin because she's got this big tumor on her neck now. And she'll just lay her head on it. And she just sits out there. Because Phoebe has no problem with anything. When I said she's never had a bad moment, she has never had a bad moment. And I, I will, I can get every witness you want to verify this is true. I've never seen her ever react with any hostility ever. And if, if you saw what the cat puts her through, you'd wonder how the cat's still alive. And, and frankly, Milhouse lived with the cat too. I was afraid Milhouse was going to kill the cat. So I guess Milhouse's early departure at least saved the trauma of going through a family murder because the cat is annoying. Straight up. I got her for that feature. That was her best feature when I got her. I wanted a cat that was frisky and annoying that would then go out and catch mice. And she has done a wonderful job. She is the perfect employee, except she bugs the other employees incessantly with things like sneak attacks from behind doorways or from under beds or out of drawers. I mean, if you're a cat and you lunge out of a drawer at a border collie, you know what a border collie thinks? Attack. And oh, there were so many close instances where Milhouse's instinctual reaction to attack her almost got the best of him. And frankly, the dog next door, London, who also passed away from lymphoma. Maybe there is an X-ray factory under our house. But I, I even made peace with my neighbor that if London killed Frankie, I was okay with it. Because she would taunt that dog, and all it would take is one chance that London was going to kill her. <laughs> London was serious. Um, so, you know, if I don't have Phoebe and I have London, well, I have a whole different last 10 years of my life. And I don't think it's coincidental that Phoebe came into my life in this decade of realignment that I'm experiencing. Having good role models around you has an influence on you, whether you know it or not. And the calm, steady, easygoing, affable demeanor that has always been Phoebe's modus operandi. Well, you know that quote, I'm just trying to be the kind of guy that my dog thinks I am? Well, in some ways, I'm just trying to be the kind of dog that my dog shows she can be. Yeah, she'll never ever impress you with a tennis ball, but that dog is nothing short of magical when it comes to being upbeat and kind. How many entities can you name that were upbeat and kind their entire existence. Well, I can name one. 
So, when I was trying to speak earlier about how I don't want to start missing her now, it wasn't that, of course, I, I mean, as soon as your dog shows that they're mortal, you start missing them, because you know their lives are short compared to ours, so that's just part of being with dogs, is saying goodbye. But you, you, you do yourself a disservice if you start not being the great person they need you to be when they start to question what's happening and know that this is different and uh, impactful. That look of panic doesn't come easy to a dog. A dog will literally work itself to death to please a human. So there is no limit to which a dog will expend itself to make sure that it is doing what its human master wants. And while I don't think that kind of blind allegiance to anything as a human is ever warranted, that's a great role model to have in your life. And look, I love humans too. I think humans are great. I think humans are miracles. I really do. I think being a human being is the equivalent of having a miraculous experience. When you look at everything we take in, all of the perception that we're privy to, all of the action that we're capable of, all of the thought vectors that we can pursue, just to experience thinking is phenomenal. I can imagine all kinds of things. And having that wonder, that mysterious mental world that is completely mine to own and shape in a way that makes me feel good about the universe well I mean what if that's the whole key right what if that's all it is you didn't come here to fit in you came here to emerge as yourself and I always wanted to fit in I, I did I always wanted to be you know in, in many ways and I, I don't if your brain is so overactive that sometimes analysis and and information gathering become your greatest weakness well at some point you're going to to wish to be stupid and i wished that a lot i thought i was too smart for my own good i thought you don't want to mix smart with anarchy because it, let's just say it leads to some things that aren't uh, admirable. And, and yet now, it's like, I, I, I don't know, I feel like uh, that scene in Weird Science where they just keep feeding the computer all the stupid uh, uh, 
uh, media imagery of women. Uh, I'm not quite sure why I'm pulling that analogy out right here. Boy, I, I think I might need to go on some dates. <laughs> I believe I, I might be proving to myself that um, I'm more sexually pent up than I knew. But <laughs> needless to say, I won't be watching Weird Science. Uh, although I do have the day off. I, I could see Weird Science going on the TV. Um, I, I feel like I want to be the computer receiving all the information I can gather. I, I just keep feeling like I'm getting better at life. A, a feeling I have never had. As a matter of fact, the, the one direction that feeling has ever gone has been, why am I fucking my life up so badly? Like, what, what is wrong with me? Why do I do these things? And maybe, you know, after a 30-year run of, of what I'll call my puberty years, taking me into a, a darker place, well... At least now, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm horny, but if I don't get laid, I don't care. Like, losing your libido, you would think would be tragic. But, oh my God, is that ever liberating. And maybe that's all this is. Maybe, finally, I'm not 110% on the go thinking about finding a lady to show me companionship. Like, I used to need to found desperate parts of myself trying to coordinate that whole puzzle of pretzel logic and now well yeah I mean going on a date and having some kissy kissy time would be fine you know what if I never have that again the rest of my life my life will still be thoroughly complete whole and fulfilling and that is a statement I couldn't have made even probably five years ago, but certainly not 10 years ago or at any time before that. Because again, the stench of desperation that I was building for having no idea what success looked like in a relationship. Well, in its own way, that's toxic enough to shut you down. And I was ready to shut down, believe me. When I, when I had my, uh, my final moments with Snake Eyes, I, I was clearly done. And not that Snake Eyes was the reason. That's not to imply that there was some sort of snap that she uh, was a catalyst toward. But, I mean, we were gambling together, so you can imagine as much as that could put me on tilt, that certainly wasn't a good um, backdrop for relationship building. And, uh, and I was the stable one in that group, so imagine that. So when you, when you kind of, when you get tired of your own crazy, yeah, it's easy to say no. <laughs> and I mean, maybe that's all this is. Maybe I'm just finally tired of my own crazy and ready to do some gardening. And drink some lemonade. I might even turn Wheel of Fortune on. A show I always thought, you know, that show's ridiculously easy and I would kill it. But I always thought the same thing. Well, I didn't think the same thing of Jeopardy per se. But I will say, Ken Jennings, you're impressive. 
but not so impressive to think that you couldn't be beaten. Although, how the hell did you keep buzzing in so quick? I think there was a fix. You can't be first every time, Ken. Somebody else will just buzz in to beat you. I would have. Um, the... We're in Jeopardy and Will. Uh, sorry about that. You don't want me going down Game Show Network Road, or we will be talking... Uh, what's that card game? Wild car, uh, Joker's Wild. Oh, well, Joker's Wild was one. Uh, Tic-Tac-Toe. But uh, High-Low? What was the High-Low one? Aces Wild? Fuck, I don't remember. I love that show. And you want to talk about the stupidest, the dumbest video game show of all time is that one. Higher, 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 lower, lower, lower. With the cards. Oh, my God. I mean, it makes the one with the no whammies blah, blah, look like Mensa. But, oh, obviously, I did take a bomb hit after Phoebe and I had our cuddle moment. And when I speak of finding strength in my emotional side. Uh, I, I know it'll be tested when Phoebe goes. I'm going to have some sullen days. Missing my dog. But what I'm not going to have are four months of literally treating Phoebe like she's dead before she's dead. Or four years. Please leave me four more years of companionship with Phoebe. I will carry her onto the bed for four more years if you'll just let her live in some sort of peace and, and contentment. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. And so the only thing I can do for myself and for my dog is be 100% there for her just like I always have been, just like she always was for me. You know, and lifting her on the bed's no problem. She only weighs, you know, she's like a sack of concrete. I can get her up on the bed every time without any uh, threat to her being dropped. And she knows it. She trusts me implicitly. I've never had a dog who was so calm with people walking over her. She goes into the kitchen when meals are being made and pretty much places herself in the middle and never moves. She just expects people to walk over her. And she is so still that as long as you know where she is, you will walk over her because she doesn't move. What kind of dog does that? Well, I guess it's the 11th out of 11 in a litter who is just glad not to be left alone. All they want is company. Because Phoebe knows there is nothing better than getting a genuine hug after a good game of octopus. I mean, really, that's what life's about, right? You want to find people who make you feel good about yourself and good about what you're doing to the point that you have no reservation about how your day went. And that seems like a pretty simple formula. And in fact, I do think it's a pretty simple formula because that's all I've really been acting with. And it has led to consecutive years of ascending emotional tranquility, contentment, enjoyment. I am, I am to the point now in life, and yes, I know that when my furnace goes off, uh, that is a significant reduction 
in in uh, ambient noise. Like, it makes me wonder how much ambient noise you just get used to when you hear it in another context and realize just how much presence it has. But, oh, hello, peaceful sound of no furnace in my house of furnace going on every 15 minutes because it's so cold. But aside from my own uh, heating and cooling issues with my house of creaky, drafty windows and doors, um, I'm going to always have Phoebe in my heart just like I do Max and Melhouse and Christy and even you Bogey. But, and, and I think if I, if I can, if I can, if I can think of her now as still giving me great memories to treasure, then every day will be the gift it deserves to be. And you know, the thing about losing Max, it sucked. Well, losing Max sucked, but Max had a gift and I've never had a dog. I've had a couple athletes. Milhouse was phenomenal. Milhouse did a backflip off the tree, catching a ball that I, I still can't believe I saw happen, but I saw it happen. I know what he did. He caught a ball by bouncing backward off the tree. It was unreal. I mean, unreal. And that was just his best move. He has a top 10 catches list that would dazzle uh, Dog Nation. Hello, Dog Nation. All of you barky barkies. But, and, and I loved playing ball with Millhouse. I did. It was fantastic. But what Max could do was honestly the best I'll ever have in an activity with a dog. Because Max and I used to go out after dark into the alley and he would get, I don't know, 60, 70 feet away from me up the alley, couple houses. And I would hit tennis balls at him with my racket, backhands, forehands, even some serves once in a while. And I just couldn't get it past him. I mean, if I misfired and sent one, you know, way left or right, then sometimes one would dribble past him. But he'd almost get all of those. But what Max was amazing at was catching fastballs right at him or just within his, say, two-foot range. Because I can hit a tennis ball pretty fast. In fact, I can crush a tennis ball. And Max never missed. It was it was the best game I've ever played with a dog. And I, I even had a neighbor who, you know, I, Max and I did this in the in the summertime you know we go out every you know 20 nights a month it was fun it was a i mean it was a blast and max loved it and i had a neighbor who you know got prickly with me about having my dog out without a leash on in the alley and i was like um this is one time i'm just going to tell you to fuck off because I've never ever infringed on anybody's um, living uh, at all by playing tennis with my dog after dark in the alley. In fact, if I even hear a car coming near the alley, we back into the driveway so that we are no concern. We are very courteous 
we do not infringe on our neighbors. That is not our gig. But we do not give up the greatest activity that a dog and a man have ever conceived of because my neighbors a prickly reject a imbecile. The guy was a dick, let's just be honest. And that was just what he didn't like me about. He was the first one to tell me when I moved into the neighborhood that I was living next door to a convicted sexual predator. And he told me on, I think, day two or three, it was shocking news to be getting that early in the neighborly conversations. But I suppose when you think you have something so salacious that you must share it or, or people's lives will be in jeopardy, well, must you? I mean, look, the guy was a creepy guy. I, I don't, I don't uh, doubt for a second that he could do what was rumored to have been his, his crime. But why are you going to go talking to the guy that just moved in about the guy who is no threat to him whatsoever in that kind of manner? Why are you going to do that? Huh? And then why are you going to tell me and my dog to stop enjoying what is clearly the most enjoyable part of our day? Why are you going to do that? Just to, I mean, look, the simulation may just fire out assholes now and again to remind you that assholes are in the world so that you have uh, that counterbalance to, on which to, uh, to forge goodness ahead in your life. I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know what a lot of people's motivations are around here anymore. Who, you know, who are you that you can so dismissively look at other human beings and the hypocrisy of judging others as lower than you? Well, mm, that one's always... Yeah. Thoughts and prayers are a close contestant for the most annoying thing a hypocrite can do but hypocrisy in general I just don't know why people want to live in that space I may have been deviant I may have been scheming I may have been manipulative and I may have even had a way with the truth that people would consider compulsive lying I admit all that but I never had anything in my heart telling me I was better than anybody. And yeah, I can look back on actions I took that clearly were less than noble, but it wasn't out of thinking that I deserved something, this universe owed me something that everybody else wasn't entitled to. And yet, and, and I, I, have, I have no idea how to get myself into a position to think that way. I couldn't do it. I'm not made that way. I'm, I'm way more likely to give away things that other people need than I am to expect any kind of return compensation. Why wouldn't I? I mean, it isn't... isn't whatever the greatest need is, where the items that can be put to the best use. I mean, and I'm not even talking about zebra in the dryer. I literally, I, that thing sat in my 
I needed a washing machine, so I bought a pair of a washer and dryer because it was the cheapest thing I could buy on the used market at the time. And I had a broken washing machine, so I didn't have a choice. So I had this extra dryer that I didn't need. I've got gas, it's electric. I literally had nothing to do with it but stick it in the garage and think, well, maybe I'll sell it someday. But I never did that in two years. So, you know, the 40, 50 bucks I could probably get for it or 30. Is it not so much better to have just given it to Zebra? <laughs> Hopefully it works, you know? And if it does, well, I know that that's the kind of karma that I can use a lot of. It never hurts to help people who need something more than you by giving up something that you don't really need. And what do I need anymore? Literally. A better microphone? Sure. Better headset? Maybe. More time with my dog? A little less cold, a little friendlier cat would be okay, but I don't expect it. She gives me friendly moments, even on these chilly days. Hi, kitty, kitty. Um, I guess I just expect people at some point to realize that all of the interactions you can have on this planet that you do alone are less valuable than even the mediocre ones you do with other people. If, if I'm wrong, explain how. Masturbation is the only thing you should be doing alone. Well, and showering. And frankly, mutual masturbation, go for it. I'm just, the, everything in my life has always known that the best rewards come shared in the experience. And I can say, even in my deviant times, that that's one road I've always been walking down. Because to me, the greatest experiences this universe has ever shown me are the fantastic people I've gotten to know while being here. I've been dazzled by nature. I've been awestruck by accomplishment. I have been overwhelmed by the beauty that we can create. So why do we destroy? Why do we do it? Why can't we get past our petty, small differences to make a better world? Well, I am. I'll tell you what. If this midlife crisis is going to give me anything, it's going to give me the opportunity to work on some of the bigger problems that I just was unwilling to even consider for so long, mostly because I was too drunk, but also because I didn't have enough balance, a feeling of centeredness, or a stability of platform on which to move forward knowing that mistakes will get made but they will be forward progress as long as you fall down forward well keep falling down you're moving forward you'll be surprised how much progress you can make even falling flat on your face 
And that's terrible to have said after admitting the coma that uh, our center fell into. That was that, that image just crossed my mind, and so it it had to be addressed. I, you know, the uh, one of one of my other flinch stories involves me accidentally hurting somebody, and I'm not going to tell that story now because it's down. And um, but I will tell it before I get to the end of see what happened was. Um, the most huh, most frustrating part of looking back at actions that I wouldn't have the character to uh, to perform today is knowing how much I missed out on by not having found a peaceful inner life earlier. My 20s were a nonstop party train, which meant my 30s were a constant struggle of trying to find purpose. And then my 40s were the decade in which I decided to quit. And now my 50s are like being eight years old again. All I want to do is go to the library, then we go to the pet store, then we're going to stop by the miniature golf course, then we're going to go get milkshakes, and then we're going to bring burgers home. Like an eight-year-old would. I'm seriously filled with the enthusiasm for life that you have when you're in third, fourth, and fifth grade. How did this happen? I had removed myself from interactivity with the world at large because I'd had enough of my own shenanigans. I was the definition of a miserable, self-defeating prick who basically was getting what he deserved. So then, what happened? I don't know. I, I, I literally am using the next 10 months of my life to keep talking my way through it to try to understand how I went from completely misfit and misunderstood in a universe full of what I consider to be wonderful opportunity to now being a synchronized element of the universe that is in constant harmony and and uplifting sentiment about everything. I went and helped somebody rebuild their 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 uh, their mainline drain yesterday. That is awful work. There is a reason you don't want to become a plumber. Plumbing is awful. It's just the it's the dirtiest part of making the human systems work. That said, yesterday's one of the best days I've had all year. And I know the year's only, what, 48 days or something long, but it's also one of the best days I had all of last year. And it is the best day I had in 2015, 2014, 2013. Well, maybe not 2013. 2014, 2015 for sure. 2016 too. And the panic of 2017, sure, give me that one too. 
Because yesterday, that vision of myself as centered, helpful, instructive, passing on knowledge that's useful, and teaching somebody something that I know will be useful to them through life and will get passed on to somebody else sooner or later. That puts me in a chain of events that I'm proud to have been here for. I like being uplifting for whatever reason, whether it's helping my dog get on the bed, helping somebody change a flat tire. I never have walked past somebody in need without asking if I can help. And, and I, I mean, I know the big city homeless issues and stuff when, I mean, there's just so much pain out there. And, but how do you just keep walking past people who, in your eyes, you think they failed life? Well, I don't know. But even the idea that you can think somebody else has failed life to the point that they don't deserve your kindness and understanding... Well, that's when I start to wonder, what kind of human are you? Maybe you're an NPC. Because my heart breaks every time I see anybody in pain. If, if, if all I'm here to do is help other people, well, they picked the right guy. Because, God damn it, that's really all I'm about.